But at night, WEEI, he's been calling uh, spring training games, podcasting, blogging, reporting, interviewing. Uh, very busy man down in Fort Myers. Some guys go there to sun and fun. Other guys go to the work. Rob is in the work category. Rob Bradford, our buddy from WEEI.com and the Red Sox uh, Network joins us here from Fort Myers in the dark, Let's go. dark broadcast booth. Let's go. There we go. What's up, buddy? All right. I'm looking at uh, an empty ballpark. Lights are off except for the scoreboard, which is still flashing Red Sox win. So I am reminded the Red Sox, did the Red Sox win today? Did they win? Uh, Red Sox won 4-3. Oh, the, Devers, the, and, Devers and Dahlbeck both went I yard know, down. Well, I knew that. Minutes. I knew that. But, but we go, I mean, first of all, how do I not get these games that are like two hours and 40 minutes? What is happening? What, but, you know, it's still a great game. And Dahlbeck, as you, as you mentioned, Dahlbeck, Devers go deep. My guy, Derek Holland, pitches well. Michael Waka teaching change-ups. Oh, it's all coming together. You feel good about this team, Rob? You've been down there for a couple weeks now. Give me your, uh, your lay of the land having been I, there I, around I, this well, group. Well, first of all, I don't feel as good about it as Alex Cora says he feels about it, right? Correct? We have heard Alex Cora, how he feels about the team a lot Say lately. Best camp ever? Something like best that? camp ever. Feels great about this team. I got my, tw- my 28 is on the field. Um, much like Gene Hackman, my four is on the floor. <laughs> my 28 is on the roster. Um, and, you know, I, I do believe that there's a lot of truth to that, that he does feel good about this. First of all, you hit the nail on the head. The lineup, you look at this lineup, they're not awesome. going to have a problem scoring awesome. runs. Yep. And, you know, the, the whole thing about fighting a right fielder, who cares, really? Like, who cares? I mean, you have enough offense. As long as you can find someone to field the ball, that's fine. Um, starting pitching, I think it's good enough right now, but starting pitching isn't what it used to be. And now you get to the relievers, and you hit the nail on the head. I don't think there's any question about it that the relievers are a concern. As we sit here, that could change in a week. This is how spring training works. We panic over the littlest thing, and then, boom, the season starts. Remember, Mutt, I know that you're a big Keith Folk guy, right? Correct? Remember Keith Folk? I'm a big fan of Keith Folk. I remember when they acquired him in 2004 – he was maybe the worst spring training pitcher of all time. Okay, but he had a track record, though, as the closer for the right. – like, No, so yeah, who, no oh fair point. God. Fair, No, fair point. My point – and we always bring up the Cesar Crespo example, <laughs> right? Yes. Cesar Crespo, who who set the world on fire, who, who like walked like 50 times in spring training and then never walked again in his major league career. So – you know, like my point is that you who's don't. Who's the Keith? Okay, oh, help me out. Because so, right, okay. you brought him up, so I'll just ask you. Who's okay. the Who's the Ryan Keith? Ryan Brazier. Ryan Brazier. Oh, you got to be kidding. I I, I, no, I, no, I like I'm, Ryan I'm Brazier, just, but I mean, listen, you asked. I mean, I know that you've watched a lot of these games. You've watched. I've a listened lot to more them. No, I, I, li- I listen to okay. the games, Rob. Well, I who is actually filtering through? Who is that? Whose head is that filtering through? It's mine. My eyes to my mouth, sort of. And then going through those, this technology gives it to you to describe what's going on. And you asked me the question, who is the guy? So I think when you say Keith Folk, who is the guy who is maybe underperforming now, but when the season starts, he's going to kick it into gear and be a semblance of his old self. To me, that's Ryan Brazier off of the second half of that inning he threw yesterday. Knowing what he's done in the past, I might be wrong. But that doesn't take away from the overall concern of this entire deal, Mutt, which is you take Garrett Whitlock out of this bullpen yeah. and you have zero certainty uh, in regards to relievers you're rolling out. And there. I'm with you on the starters. Like, pitching is not what it used to be, but I feel like Bloom and Cora, Rob, they want to get their starters out relatively early and get to the bullpen. Are they, are they set up to do that early on in the year based on the arms they have right now? 
Not really. I mean, not really. And and I talked to Rich Hill about this because obviously Rich is very insightful, and and he made the point of you need you can go you can go this route of yeah you have these three or four inning starters, and then you go a t- couple times through the lineup and get to the bullpen, and then you have a couple guys who are pitching multiple innings out of the bullpen, and that's all well and good. But his point, and I totally agree, is that you need a couple guys in the starting rotation who can protect the bullpen. And also, the other part about this, and if you don't have that, then when the rubber meets the road at the end of the year, you're going to wear down. And he brought up the example, and I concur. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays won 100 games. Good for them. Congratulations to the family of the Tampa Bay Rays. (laughs) Right? Yes. But what happened? And what has happened with them? Arms. Arm issues everywhere, yeah. Right. Arm issues. I think they just had another one, right? I mean, uh, so, but, you know, Nick Anderson, one of the best relievers around, he breaks down at the most inopportune time. We saw the Rays. Shane McClanahan, they just shut down. Luis Patino last year, they shut down. Bunch of these young, hot arms, they just shut down. Yeah. Yeah, we saw the Rays last year against the Red Sox. And why, in my opinion, did the Red Sox win? Because the Rays were running on fumes. So I think the overall point is that you need some guys to give you some innings. Obviously, Evaldi is one of those guys. Pavetta could be one of those guys, sure. And then you go from there. I I don't know what they're going to do with Whitlock. I well, I take that back. Okay, hold on. Let's let's stop okay. on because I was going to work right. backwards. So Ooh, look at the, you. You you so you engineering. You had the game yesterday. Lengthy yep. lengthy game. Uh, you watch Barnes pitch. What did you think of Matt Barnes yesterday? Is he is he the closer as of the end of March here? I think right now he's the closer because he's the closest you can come to having some semblance of an image of a closer. Uh, like so, Jake Diekman has pitched late in games, right? But and you can say, well, he'll be okay, and that's what Alex Cora is saying. Not and right he'll, now. He'll, he'll probably be okay, but right now, what you have is you have a guy who isn't okay, and until he actually like. I come back to the Brazier thing, and everyone is going to pile on, look at, you know, he's, his velocity was 93-94, has to be 97. You know, he hasn't had good results. But I look at that inning, he loaded the bases, and then boom, the old Ryan Brazier appeared. Right? A really good breaking ball, a mid-90s fastball, there it was. So, and this is how the spring training is, Mutt. Like, this is what's unfortunate for the relievers. They don't have time to ease into this thing. Another guy who's, you know, another example position-wise is Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw's trying to make the team, right? He was 0 for 100 or whatever it was. And, you know, facing all these lefties and not making any contact at all. And everyone's making, literally in the press box, making up their projected rosters and leaving Travis Shaw off. Until, until, you know what happened? Travis Shaw got two hits today. And then all of a sudden, yup, get out the whiteout. Here you go. Travis Shaw, you're back on the roster. That's how it works. You need a little bit of time with some of these veteran guys, but they don't have the time to actually prove themselves. So that's what leaves us with all this uncertainty. So you got Barnes at the back end, and we're talking to Rob Bradford. He's there in Fort Myers. Has the call well, by again the way, tomorrow. Go ahead. Jump in. No, because I can't help myself when you talk about a UConn guy. You know this. Uh, only 93-94. That's my concern with Barnes. Go ahead. Um, all right, so the next guy, because you brought him up first, was Whitlock. Like what? So what has he not done for Alex Gore to say, yep, we're going to plug him at the backhand of the, the the bullpen. He's our closer. He's our right inning guy. What's his role, and how has he looked so far? I think they're just they – know, they know that he is – other than Ovaldi, he is the star of the staff, right? He is the guy that I you think roll, so, yeah. Right. You roll out there, and you have a pretty good idea what he's going to do, which is do what you're supposed to do is get outs. 
Now, I think they're trying to figure out the best way to use him where you can get the most valuable outs, the, the most outs in the course of a week, um, the most value. And, for instance, when opening day rolls around, he's going to be in the bullpen because even if he's a fifth starter, you don't need a fifth starter. That's fine. But going forward, how is it going to be? He says, Cora said, if Whitlock starts, it's going to, not going to be as an opener. If that's true, then you're talking about a starter who's going to go, you know, five or six innings and not be available out of the bullpen. That leaves you with no certainty at all. So to answer your question, I think that in their perfect world, if in their perfect world, they would have Chris Sale. They would have another starter. But they don't. So they have to introduce the idea of Whitlock. And – in their perfect world, they would have Whitlock do what he did last year, honestly, which is, oh, my goodness, Craig Kimball, do you realize that someone can pitch two innings at the end of a game? <laughs> and that's that's what Garrett Whitlock would do. Like that would, and, and yeah. so I ask, you know, another guy who has looked good, honestly, but, again, we don't know, is uh, our guy Matt Strom, you know, YouTuber Matt Strom. He, like, you watch him pitch, and you're like, well, that's different than the other guys. That fastball is different than the other guys, and that's good. So I asked Corey today, hey, do you see him in a high leverage? He's like, well, what's high leverage? I mean, you know, and this comes back to the, well, high leverage could be in the sixth inning, in the seventh inning, eighth inning. Well, that's fine, but you need more than one high leverage guy, right? I mean, And that's what they're searching for. Diekman was supposed to be their Ottavino, the guy that the other guy to pitch valuable outs. And the guy that we've seen so far can't get valuable out. Do you get the sense, Rob, that there's a debate amongst Cora and, and the front office about what to do with Whitlock? Or are they on the same page as far as his role I, to start the year? No, I mean, I think they're on the same page. And I think that Alex Cora, you know, is has got free reign for the most part. I don't think, you know, what he was doing last year, which was sort of a reverse course of what he had done before. I don't think that was like, oh, my goodness, Heim Bloom is forcing this down my throat. I think Alex Cora actually buys into a lot of this stuff. Like, And I think, you know what, Mutt? A lot of people are buying into it. You know, I've talked to people, players, who didn't necessarily buy into the technology and everything else, and now they can kind of see it. You know why? Because the teams that are winning are doing this. I mean, you can't ignore this. With the, the Dodgers and the Giants and the Rays and the Yankees and the Red Sox, the Astros, they're doing this. They're plopping guys down at the just the right time for like two or three innings of matchups and say that's the most valuable thing to do for us. Colin McHugh, you are valuable to us because of that. They're the teams that are winning, and I think players are starting to understand that. Do you get the sense that, that Rob, they're still actively looking for guys? You, know, you mentioned who cares about right field. I mean, to me, they're still – an outfielder short and an arm short is are they is this is this roster set or is there still some building that could happen here in the next couple of weeks? Well, like I said, I mean Alex Cora said my four is on the floor, so uh, but he keeps. Like, at the but same I, time, I, he's not he's not in charge of that though, right? I, well, I, I was just I was just going to say that you know I think that you know that we still have some time left, and you know there's interesting guy like Ramon Lariano of the A's. Like I know that he's suspended. I know he has this core injury, but still. Once you get into the season, like he's a really intriguing guy to me. You stick him out in the outfield, great defender. You know, so uh, he would be an intriguing guy. But for the like, they're looking at oh, Hansel Robles in camp. Well, that's our that's our answer. We're gonna ride this out because we don't want to give up too much for the next Tyler Thornburg or the next Carson Smith. 
Sorry, sorry to, to taint our conversation with those whoa, names. Whoa, 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 whoa. Save the good stuff for later, Rob. Come on, those yeah. are the stars of this, this we, conversation. Tyler Thornburg appeared in a spring training game the other day for the Braves. He like, did? He's still pitching? Yeah, he's with the Braves. All the good players play for the Braves. Tyler Thornburg, Brock Holt up until yesterday. No, Brock Holt's released. Let's bring Brock know, Holt back I just to captain yesterday. the Jimmy Fund team. Let's go. I know. Uh, well, you know, when that came out this morning, I yelled over to Tom Karen. I said, like, get on the phone. Get on the phone. Right? I mean, he I, is a natural. I, I, oh, oh, Tom Karen. He wants to still play, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, he well, wants to go why, in the that's booth? Why he went to the, no, that's why he went to the Braves. I think he still wants to play. And I saw him got a hit. And the last, listen, the last act, media act, that Brock Holt maybe have ever, has ever, will ever do in a baseball uniform was done for our organization. So that we always I have that. Put what, it on the what did he screen. do for us? He said into a video, listen to Red Sox, the rest of Red Sox on WEI, and he said, he said you might have to wait for the eighth inning until you, to watch your boy dominate. So, he, so there you go. So, and again, we're, we're leading with some of the negative here because I think – and I, I don't know, like, and this is – I make fun of offensive line talk all the time on the radio. I don't know if we're doing the, the baseball version of that. It feels like offensive – he's like, it feels like it's more important and more people can sort of follow – the bullpen thing, I just, I, as I sit here, it is their one standout sore thumb weakness. The manager is good. They spent money. They reloaded the offense, like the lineup front to back, like the pitching, I think. It, but it's just for a high and bloom team that was so reliant on different arms last year and so many different arms in Tampa to be hoping that your boy Ryan Brazier or Deekman ends up figuring it out or I, I, I don't even know, like who else? Are there any wild cards? Like Darwinson, is he still yeah, well, like in the I mix? Said, yeah, Darwinson Dar- is Darwinson. I like I I saw him pitch the other day. The last time I saw him pitch. Well, your guy like, Matt yep. Stram, I guess, is the wild. Stram, yeah, man, he's like go listen to that podcast. And I'm being completely serious. The Bradford Show podcast. He's an interesting guy. First of all, he's got it. Like he said, he's got to go on YouTube page, right? He's like really he's active. Page, Very active. Hair, hair down on his shoulder blades, but I really I really like the fact that he curses at himself. Uh, on the mound because I watched him pitch. I'm like, oh man, you're animated. What's going on? He's like, you know, I curse at my, I'm cursing. You know, and I said, well, do the hitters ever get mad? He's like, no, because I always end my curses with my name. Like, so he, and it's his full name. <laughs> so he said, I always end my curses. And he, he meant this too. He always met, ends his curses on the mound with Matthew. I'm like, you know, doesn't that resonate for us all? Because this is what the parents do, right? When they're really mad at someone. You give Michael Menansky. What are you doing? What are you doing? Put the your full, Legos the away. full name. Michael Gerardo Menansky. Uh, put, put, we're, <laughs> we're done playing Nintendo for the day. Get outside. Oh, uh, you know, you know uh, how many uh, Robert Farnsworth Bradfords I got when I was in trouble. Oh, my goodness. Uh, can I ask about one more random bullpen guy? <laughs> well, listen, it's my pleasure. How about the hard-throwing Bizardo? He was supposed to be a, a thing last year. What happened? Uh, I was going to make a rhyme, but I chose not to. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's been easing into things. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I think that at some point, put it this way, at some point he will be in the major leagues. He will be in this bullpen. I think you'll see a lot of guys. I mean, who could forget the Caleb Orton game in Seattle last year, right? But the guy that – the wild card in the situation, I think, is Cutter Crawford. Cutter Crawford, who we saw a brief glimpse of last year – he is uh, – he's pitched really, really well down here, and I can see him making this team. All right, Rob Bradford's joining us. You want to jump in on the Red Sox, you certainly can. It's 617-779-7937. Our phone number on Twitter as well, at MuttWEEI. And 
uh, Mud at Night, WEEI. Follow Bradford at Bradfo. Uh, check out the Bradford podcast. He's been all over this thing. I can, can I tease the one you're working on for tomorrow, or is that still in the surprise folder? No, no, I don't care. I mean, so, well, first of all, I did one uh, – you know, with Rich Hill today, and it was to me, it was like again, he's really insightful, and it was he really, he really like broke down sort of like the lot of life of pitchers of like how basically pitchers aren't getting paid and they aren't going to get paid, and how this has become a problem because teams are just gonna. And I brought up this example: Matt Strom makes three million dollars. He gets a contract for three million dollars, a a middle relief pitcher. And Chris Archer, a guy who is going to be slotted into the Twins rotation, makes the exact same money. That shows you where teams are valuing. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I did that, Rich Hill. But tomorrow, the what I'm uh, I'm hoping to do is sit down with um, Pedro and Nathan Avaldi together, and quote unquote, quote unquote from one of them. Yep. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Listen. When we when we broached this, they said it would be my honor. Now, which one? Which one of the participants said that? Um, now, I'm going to guess it was Pedro Martinez. And it was. I I can't confirm or deny what he was talking about sitting down with me in the mix, but uh, he said he did say it would, it would be his honor. And he, I mean, this is why I wanted to get them together. Honestly, is because I had heard that Pedro was really like over the moon about Evaldi. This and and really saw a lot of himself. Oh, he's out. He's nails. I mean, he's, he's, it's impossible right. not to root for him. He's yeah, a, but but also he had made quick mention because I talked to him really quickly today just about you know doing this, and he had said um, he had said that he could see like the path to get to that point, and people forget like what Pedro did to get to the point right of of being traded to the Red Sox, being good enough to get traded to the Red Sox, but you know there were some obstacles, and the same thing with Evaldi. And by the way, holy mackerel, you know if you don't want to talk bullpen, we can talk contracts all the live long day. Because how many contract situations are up, including one that's gone completely under the radar, which is young Mr. Nathan Ovaldi. Well, it's funny you brought that up because we've talked about the team and this team on the field and the expectations, but there are some bigger picture things that even tie into Trevor's story. Who should talk about? You've watched him play for a couple days. I want to talk about story. I want to talk about Devers long-term, Bogarts as well, and we'll get you guys involved in 617-779-7937 in a pitch black Jeff Blue Park in Florida. He's Rob Bradford. Mutt with you guys. Sports Radio, WEEI. Mutt at night, one week out from Red Sox opening day. They'll take on the uh, Yankees in the Bronx. Then a week from Friday, home opener of Fenway, covering it all. Our buddy Rob Bradford, WEEI.com, the Bradford Show podcast. And, of course, both the Red Sox Network, spring training, and regular season. Um, you mentioned the contract stuff, Rob. The biggest contract was Trevor Story. You've seen him. You've talked to him. Uh, what are your thoughts so far on the rig, the the big ticket Red Sox item right now? He's not a tall man. He's not. He's whoa, not whoa, a, whoa! We're not height as a as a as a he's probably like as a, as a short guy myself. Good. I look forward to meeting him and saying, "How do you do?" And have a nice eye contact with a not so tall Trevor Story. Good. You do. You Good. do have a history of having push up competitions in spring training with second basemen, so yeah. I can see this happening. I'm sure, I'll make it down in the next six days. But yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I think he's very well respected in this clubhouse already. Obviously, he's a good player. He's the type of player where I don't wouldn't be that concerned about hitting hitting the, hitting the ground running because he doesn't have a lot of moving parts. He's an athletic guy. Um, I think he he looks more like a second baseman than a shortstop. I mean, Bogarts looks like a shortstop. This guy looks like a second baseman, which is fine. I mean, obviously, he can play short, uh, second base. What was interesting, my was that I talked to him, I talked to him, I talked to Bogarts, 
and I talked to the other people in the car. And when I say in the car, I mean Kike Hernandez's Wagoneer, which has nice. obviously cost a little bit to rent. This is not this is not the '94 Toyota Camry, which I was driving around for two weeks. The Wagoneer that they took up to Port Charlotte. So Peter Fatsy, the hitting coach, Kike Hernandez in the front seat, and then in, in the back seat. Trevor Story and, and Xander Bogarts, and they talked the whole way, got to know each other. All, everybody in the car said it was a great conversation. And it's weird. But you look back at you know, this is the first time that these guys actually are locked in a place and get to know each other. And you can see on the field after the, the throw comes down to start the game, they're embracing. I think Bogarts really genuinely enjoys having this type of talent playing second base I don't think the contract thing really factors in but he can see that this is a good player and, and let's be honest since Pedroia left really in 2017 like it's been like a, a whirlwind of second baseman for Bogart so he's looking forward to it I think he should be and 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 I'm, I just wonder if he views it as hey that guy is the insurance in case I don't sign here long term I mean I'm, it's human well, I, I it's, mean, it's, it's human it's nature science. so, it's so how, how do you put that aside well I, I guess if you're Bogart you're gonna get paid either way yes so maybe that's what you go you put you to sleep at night you know the melatonin like Rob does you just go to sleep oh, and go, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get yeah. if I say out there I'm gonna get paid no yeah, matter what but in. but he is like he he's he's here to be insurance and I actually I I don't blame Bloom for that. And some of the pushback, Rob, on the signing that we got here on the show was, oh, this means Bogarts is gone. Well, then what would you rather have? Him wait, him wait till Bogarts gets paid elsewhere and then get a shortstop or get one now who can help you this year and then potentially next year? Like, I, I like the move by Bloom. Obviously. Right. I mean, what are you going to you going to put up a clock, a, a countdown clock for Marcelo Meyer for three years from now? I mean, it's like this. It made sense from from Heim Bloom's way of thinking, and and everyone's freaking out about Trevor Story saying, "Oh, well, you know, for this year I'm a second base." Yeah, well, yes, that's right. This year you're a second baseman. Next year you might be a second baseman, but you know what? You might be a shortstop if Xander Bogarts leaves. Xander Bogarts understands this. This isn't for Xander Bogarts. He understands if he's on a good team and has a good year, then he is going to make a crap load of money. Boom. There it is. No matter where it's here. Breaking news. Yes. Xander Bogarts will get paid next year. And, Bam. And, and, and they're, let, they're letting him play, pow, they're letting him play shortstop, which is another big thing because he understands if you do what he can do while playing shortstop, it's more valuable to teams or it's viewed differently. Uh, so he's getting everything he wants, and he's probably going to have a good year. He looks good. Devers, by the way, defensively so far – Looks really good, yeah. and I can say that I've been at spring trainings where he has not looked good defensively. So that's a step in the right direction. So there you go. I don't care All what De- I don't care what Dever does defensively. What he's the show he's putting on other home run today mm. is giving you the feels. And, and I'll give it. So Jeff Passan did a big story today, ESPN Plus behind the paywall. But he kind of went through the year and, and did like it's like a Bradford column. It's not like a season preview. Went through different ideas like fantasy guys will stand out, teams to like. And then we went to uh, put on his gambling hat, and he wrote ten ways to hopefully get paid. And number two is a twenty-five to one bet on Rafael Devers to win the MVP. And at twenty-five years old, coming into his prime, I don't think Passon's crazy, Rob. The, the the highlights that I've seen, listening to you guys talk about him, uh, it looks like he is set to have. Like a legit 35, 40 how home you, run. How year. do you not make that bet? I mean, that must be some of the best odds of any player realistic who can realistically win that award, right? 
Yeah, the, uh, to another guy I mentioned is the White Sox, Lewis Robert, who's a year younger but really okay. good. I'll, I'll give you a couple other names in a second, but I, I'm with you because I think the MVP voters look at power numbers, and it's just it's just raw, unadulterated power that that yeah. guy has. And yeah, I, the- I know, I, I know, defensively, I'll say I will save our buddy in Florida who calls every time, David in Florida. I know he's not a great defensive player, but I'll trade that for what he does offensively. And the numbers say he makes up for his defense with his offense. Some of the home runs that he's hit down here are like it's just unbelievable because it's hard to hit a home run out of the JetBlue Park a lot. But with Devers, and you know this, Mike, you're a student of the game. You've sure, watched Rafael sure Devers yep, yep. multiple times. I don't think I've ever seen a player where he hits the ball in the air and you're like, and you're thinking, well, that might be out. As soon as that enters into your head, you're basically, with Rafael Devers, you should say, it's gone. It's out. It's out. I've never seen a player where it goes about 20 feet further than you think it's actually going to go. And that's what he's doing once again. He hit a, a laser shot over the center field wall. I mean, like 30 feet off the ground into the wind. And it's, it's inc- he's an incredible hitter. And the thing was, when I talked to him, one of the things that jumped out to me was that, you know, when he talked about signing that one-year deal, and it was it was hard because he didn't like being compared to guys. And what he's saying is that he doesn't want to be compared to third baseman. He wants to be compared to top five players in the major leagues. And you know what? He might have a case. Well, certainly offensively. We'll see. I mean, the top five guys that we talk about, those guys also play defense at at least an average level. And I I don't think I've seen that from Bogarts consistently. I hope that this is the year he goes through these little funks where he has a hard time fielding the ball and then he'll be fine for a couple weeks. We'll see if that ends up being the case this year. Last time we talked about this though, Rob, of course you mentioned a great tease by you contract talk, but they hadn't talked to him at all. He talked to you. The get of spring training so far is, is not you with Matt Strom. It's you with Devers and his interpreter saying, no, they'd offer not, they'd not offer me a deal at all. So we're 10 days removed from that conversation, Rob, uh, or eight days removed. Any update on Devers and a contract extension the last week or so? No, the the only one I know from today is they have not talked to Kike Hernandez. So, which, you know, seems like a small thing, but I would make an offer to Kike so, Hernandez. So basically the idea, and this is something for a longer conversation during the year, maybe when Bloom comes on uh, at some point one of the shows they can ask him. It seems like his approach is, I'm not ready to offer extensions to anybody, whether it's Bogarts or Kike or uh, Nathan Avaldi you talked about or Devers. Is this just going to be the Bloom thing where he's well, going to gamble on guys performing poorly and then give them you know, contract offers after the year? I think our good friend Red Sox stats had surfaces, and, and, and I agree uh, he's the with best. it. He or she, I don't know who it is. Yeah, And I agree with it is that you know one thing that you have to factor in is the timetable here. So you have all these te- all these players, including Devers. When he talked to me, he said, "Listen, I'm once the season starts, I'm not talking." You know, Bogart's the same way. You, these guys, you know, most of these guys are of that mind. Once the season starts, I'm not talking. Well, unfortunately for Heim Bloom, you know, from the time that we knew that he hadn't talked to anybody, he had about a week. And are you going to get a deal done in a week? Maybe. maybe. But still, it's not a lot of time to actually negotiate any sort of extension uh, of that magnitude in just a week before the season starts. So that made it tricky on its own. I guess I'd ask the question, why didn't they start earlier then? Oh, I listen, you're preaching the converted. I, 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 and this is why when I talked to Pokers, so I literally, literally, I mean, sorry, Devers, I literally said, 
you so you're telling me that in your entire time they haven't approached you or or certainly they haven't offered you an extension he's like no like forget about the here and the now like the here and the now that doesn't baffle me as much as what didn't happen two years ago why like Theo Epstein made a living off of those contracts because you want to bring back the guys that are especially and, and your buddy Tomasi's written about it I'm sure you have the same feeling like there is nobody that deserves an extension of fair market value. Sorry, Rafael Devers, more than Xander Bogarts. Like, I, I remember times where Mookie Betts was probably the best player on the team. And at post game, you guys didn't go talk to Mookie. You talked no. to Bogarts. He was the leader on that team. He spoke up at strong times. He had the, it was the face of the franchise. Like, he, more than Devers, quite frankly, I know the financials probably don't work and Devers is younger and I get all that stuff. But as far as deserves it and earned it, Bogarts deserves it. And they're just. Letting them fight to this year, and you can't, you you can't replace those two in the next two seasons if those guys both walk. There are not players out there to replace both Devers and Bogarts. You can't have it. Well, yeah, and, and that's the problem. And it's also let's go to Evaldi. I mean, I think this yeah, has to be entered into the equation because because okay, you're gonna let these guys walk. Fine, you put Trevor Story at short. Well, now you're thinning yourself somewhere else out. And yeah, you have some guys coming up, but you don't know what they're gonna be. And especially with Evaldi. You definitely don't have an Nathan Avaldi sitting there. You are going to have to replace Nathan Avaldi somehow, some way. And don't give me the Tampa uh, continuum where you had, oh, well, you lost Blake Snell and Charlie Morton, Tyler Glass. No, 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 no. We just gave the reason why you have to replace Nathan Avaldi because you need that anchor and you don't have that. And so to me, like, that's a big piece of this whole puzzle. Like, what are you going to do there? Because if you don't resign him, and last I checked, I, I don't think that they're close, then then you it's going to be hard replacing this guy. All right, so we're, we're seven days out. I don't want to do this now, but the next time we talk, we'll, we'll talk at some point before opening day next Thursday. Maybe Ryan in Weber, fact, Cy Young. Maybe, well, oh, sorry. Well, you, we did. Uh, you, I, I was closer than you were. We did that. I think you said Ryan Weber, and I you said, said Martin, Paris. Martin P. Paris, who for a week or so, <laughs> they Cy Young in the American League. Um, I'm going to miss my, uh, Martin Perez Day. I'm going to miss Sam and his quotes, by the way. Okay. Um, will you be ready to give your prediction on the team at some point next week, or, or is that going to be not allowed yeah. this year? Yeah, isn't opening day a week from today? Right? Yeah, Thursday. I mean, we'll be the, it'll be in the books. A week from now, Brian Barry will be breaking down the entire game on okay. Monday night. Okay, well, yeah, whatever. So, you, I, I will predict any time you want me to predict. Okay, well, anytime. if we don't do it during the week next week, we'll certainly do it on the pregame show uh, in the in the clubhouse segment because people should know this. I'm breaking news. You're back for the pregame show this year. Well, so are uh, breaking news. So are you? Aren't you? As for now, I mean, I when things change, man. I'm right right now. I'm preparing for it. All right. A well, I look now. forward to it. It's, it's always a good time. The pregame show. It's always a good time being down here with the guys. Joey C. The Big Cheese. You know, the Big Danish or whatever he is. You know, Bill Will Fleming. So it's been a lot of fun. how's how's Will holding up down there. <laughs> It's not like he's like like going into the, like the Chilean mines. I mean, what what are you talking about? Well, these games that it does with you take like nine hours. I'm worried about his health. He's got a lot of baseball to call this year. Well, you know, in, uh, you know a snake came on the field yesterday. That kills about three innings of talk. So listen, <laughs> I mean, there you go. The big day. Meanwhile, he's stealing my gig. He's he's doing giving out like instead of Mutt's big bet in the pregame show, it's Will's big bet. Hey, Devers gonna hit home run in spring training. He's bragging about it. That's really? my shtick, really? Will. That's my shtick. Well, I I said I said on the broadcast yesterday, if you could bet the over in some of these games with the the winds blowing. By the way, you can bet the over in these games. Well, 
what what is going on? There's two bets. Not, that you, not in this state. There's two there's two bets that you should run idiots. to the uh, the Walmart parking lot in Nashua after the show. Okay, yep. and make this bet. Go, Rafael Devers and the over on tomorrow's game. Okay, I will go bet the over on tomorrow's game right now. He's Rob Bradford, WEEI.com. You have the call tomorrow with uh, Will, 105. Ready to go? Yes, it's going to be great. Okay, thank you, Rob. We appreciate it, buddy. All right, thank you. Uh, Rob Bradford, WEEI.com in Fort Myers. Not going to get a better 40 minutes on the Red Sox anywhere in America than you got right there on Mud at Night, WEEI. You guys are lined up on the Patriots and the Red Sox. We'll come back mixing your phone calls at 617-779-7937. And you'll hear from Rich Ornberger spilling the tea. On Tom Brady and the Bucks, that's next, Hour 4, Mud at Night, WEEI.